Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show uh, brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts as always myself Rory Petrie and Mark uh, in Nuremberg. Um, welcome to a special edition of the, the Bundesliga show. We are doing a, a joint show uh, with our friends at the two Bundesliga podcasts. Uh, so this episode will be concentrating basically on the race for promotion in one of the most hotly contested title races in probably in the entire world at the moment, which is in the two Bundesliga. So um, we're very fortunate to be to be joined by Matthew and Ava from the two Bundesliga podcasts. So we'll just quickly uh, give you a little bit of an oversight into uh, what exactly Matthew and Ava do. So they uh, they very similarly to myself and Mark, although it's in podcast form, do a weekly uh, podcast that covers all things to Bundesliga in English uh, for those of you who are fans of the league. So covering everything uh, on a weekly basis. So obviously um, you can check that out on uh, on Anchor. So just go search it in Anchor and you'll be able to subscribe to it. And so you won't be able to uh, you won't be able to miss a show uh, in the future. Also, before we bring him in, Matthew does have a new podcast himself that he's working on called One and One. That's also available on all good audio platforms, uh, Spotify, especially. Um, so yeah, before without further ado, that is, let, let's bring them both in, Matthew and Ava, um, and here they are. Hello. Hi. How are you both? How's, how's it going? Good so far. Tired. <laughs> Tired, yeah. Annoyed yeah. by the whole COVID situation in Germany, obviously, oh, but yeah, otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> before, yeah, before we get into it all and we talk before we talk actual football, um, we're covering three countries and we're covering a lot of ground as well because we've got myself in England, Ava and Mark in, in Germany, and Matthew has very kindly got up at the crack of dawn to join us from Australia. So fair play to, to you both. Brilliant to have you on the show. We're very excited to, to get stuck into it, really, because uh, this obviously has effects on both the leagues that we cover. So um, without further ado, we'll kind of get get kind of stuck into the nitty gritty of the title race that is, that is currently going on in the two Bundesliga. And, and as recording uh, this present time on, on the 31st of March, we're recording um, it's Bochum who lead the way uh, in first place. So I'll just kind of go over to yourself, Matthew and Ava on the kind of the different teams in, in the top four as it stands. And just just quickly give us a bit of a maybe a, a review of how both their of their season so far. So if, if I just throw it over to, to you, Matthew, and, and what you thought of Bochum so far this season, how they've got on. Well, they've been very impressive and it's the a company of the entire unit that has really made it work considering last season they were a bit up and down with just overall form you know players not really <clears throat> gelling together I mean there was a lot of talk about Amal Bela Kocap uh, after his performance against Bayern in the cup the previous year and you know this year they've they're just a much better side well-rounded they've got great options up top with Simon Sola their top scorer with 12 goals but the uh, the emergence of Robin Schul who was who played a pivotal part in Union Berlin's promotion, you know, he came to Bochum midway through last season, was a little bit slow out of the gate, but this season, you know, he's been arguably the best player in the Svarta Bundesliga. You know, his ability to create in midfield, you know, he's he's been able to hit the score sheet as well. And, and you know, really those two in particular, Sola and Robert Jules have been the catalyst of Borkham's rise and, you know, they're in a very, very good position where for the first time, and I think it's, don't quote me, it's probably about 13 years since they last were in the, well, not even 13 years, but I think it's 10, since they were last in the Bundesliga, they're in they're in really good shape uh, with the final eight games to go. Stop. Yeah, and obviously, uh, obviously in second place, we've got the big boys, along with FC Nuremberg, we've got Hamburg SV, obviously in second <clears> place <throat> in the uh, Zweite Bundesliga at the moment. So over to you, Ava. I mean, obviously, they're a massive club. I mean, I consider them to be one of the kind of big four or five clubs in Germany. It's been a disaster for them to spend three. Now, this is a third season in the second tier of German football. 
uh, what what have you made of them so far this season? Well, in the beginning, I really liked the appointment of Daniel Thune as a new hat manager. Um, was very impressed by his work at VfL Osnabrück, as was the as well as uh, apparently. Um, I do think. As for now, they do play their best Zweite Bundesliga season. Um, I like the way they they play. They do show a lot of beautiful game of football from from time to time, especially uh, on the likes of Kitte, but also Leibold. And of course, up front, Simon Terodde, he has been a um, pivotal point man at the beginning of the season. Um, as an Arminia Bielefeld fan, I'm very happy he's not playing in the same league as <laughs> uh, as he does, uh, because, yeah, usually he scores at least like three or four goals a season against us. Um, so, yeah, Matt and I were both very glad to see him back in the Zweite Bundesliga because he's a typical Zweite Bundesliga striker. Um, usually not that successful when he goes up to the Bundesliga. You've seen that with uh, FC Köln, but he's really good at, at HSV, um, Vita Factor, but you have a couple of really outstanding players um, in their midst and... Um, well, they struggle. They always have those five or six games which they struggle um, in five or six consecutive games. Um, as for now, they seem to fall back uh, with a win, um, for example, against uh, Bochum, but also against Heidenheim. Um, very, very important with Bochum picking up points as well. Um, and just to yeah, bring a, a bit of points between them and... Um, clubs like Fürth or Heidenheim and uh, so on and so on. So, um, yeah, that was very important for them in the last two weeks. Um, so, yeah, um, I do like what Daniel Thun has made out of this team. And I know that a lot of fans do too. Um, they really do like this uh, this tune, how is foul. You don't really know if they're going to end up in this last uh, three places in the end because we've seen that the last couple of seasons. <laughs> they do manage to ball it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Sandhausen last year. That was one of the kind of all-time failures. <clears throat> of, uh, I have a few friends who are Hamburg fans and I was really, really uh, giving them a lot of stick over that one. I mean, that was a real disaster, wasn't it? Losing 5-1 at home. To Sandhausen when they just did they just need a point to get promoted or something or yeah it was a disaster uh, yeah because um actually everyone was uh, hoping for Bielefeld to win against Heidenheim but because it was the last game of the season everyone's like okay Bielefeld's not going to bother <laughs> about this but Bielefeld actually won against Heidenheim mm. but then has foul lost so that was the last chance mm. that third place yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, moving on to third place then, as it stands, who are who are just four points off first place, Bochum. So it's still incredibly congested. Uh, is third. So uh, Matthew, just a few words on how how they've got on this season. Well, they've been a bit of a surprise. I had them in the bottom half of the table. They're a bit of a difficult side to judge. Typically, season to season, they're a bit yo-yoing between the precipice of being in the top five or six to kind of that mid-table mediocrity that no one really wants to be in. But, you know, when you have a, a list of players, a good number of them who are out of contract and all have something to prove, you know, you get a situation like what Furt have this season where they've played some incredibly good football under Stefan Lytle in his, I think it's his second full season at the club. Uh, the likes of Branimir Hagurta, uh, Harvard Nielsen, Sebastian Ernst have all been fantastic. You look at Sasha Boykert, who's been a solid goalkeeper in the Zweite Bundesliga for many, many years. And what you have is a team that is very good when they go forward. They've got, a, as mentioned before, just a ton of good attacking options. Um, and, you know, they are very much in the fight. Whether they can sustain this, the question, you know, as was proven in their result on the weekend where they they really got bailed out at the end, uh, by Dixon Abiyama header, mm-hmm. um, you know it's 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 it may seem unlikely they may be the team that drops out, but so far you know they've had a very impressive season, and you know there, there may be a few teams looking for a manager who may see what Stefan Lytle's done there, 
and think he might be the next guy for them. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm still having nightmares over that last minute uh, third goal against Nuremberg. I thought it was finally, since I've been in Germany, uh, Nuremberg, they haven't beaten third at all in five or six attempts. And I finally <laughs> thought they were going to do it, you know. But no, it wasn't to be, and they got the equaliser right at the end. But I hope they don't go up anyway. sorry fur fans but you know yeah okay so on to the fourth place team obviously the side that are just outside that kind of uh that automatic spot at the moment out of the playoff spot i should say is holstein keel i mean obviously they do have two games in hand so it's worth bearing that in mind but for me they've been really impressive so i just wanted to hear what you wanted to say ava because i didn't have them as having a chance of promotion this year but they've done really well Well, the thing is, uh, what does help them is that for once they didn't lose their manager at the beginning of the season, which has been quite popular uh, for them with Marcus Anfang going to FC Köln, Tim Walter going to VfB Stuttgart. Ole Werner is actually staying. Um, They had another coach at the beginning of the season, which no one was really impressed about uh, with Marcus Schubert. Everyone said, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, they really opted up their game. Um, I mean, the, the biggest yeah, win they had this this season was obviously the win against Bayern Munich in the DFB Pokal, uh, which was huge advertisement for the for the Zweite Liga in a way. Um, I do really like them, especially people like uh, Yanni Lucasera, uh, who's of course going to Bielefeld uh, for the new season. But of course, um, uh, Lee, who is just a wonderful player to watch. I know that a couple of clubs also from the Bundesliga are really watching out for him because um, he's just a brilliant player. I do think he is out for more. They have a very good goalkeeper um, for this season in Janis Gelias, who has been under criticism, um, especially last season, but he's done a brilliant job so far. Um, in general, it's, it's a very well put together team, I do believe. Um, and I do like that mixture of teams that are in the top four at the moment. Um, very difficult to predict who is going to be where at the end of the season, but for sure we can say it's going to be a tough fight and a very close fight as well. Yeah, and that leads me nicely into the next question that I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously <laughs> we've talked about the main four. They have been the top four, I think, for the whole season really this year in uh, I just wanted to ask, do you think there are any other sides that could possibly get into the mix? Because I remember before the season, I really, really thought that Heidenheim had a great chance of promotion this year. But for me, they've disappointed. So so uh, what do you guys think? Any any suggestions on that? that any other teams that could get involved in that top four race? So my problem is I had Fortuna Düsseldorf top of the league. <laughs> Well, that hasn't been going great <laughs> so far. Um, I do want Uwe Rösler's optimism. I do, because even after a uh, 0-0 draw against SV Sandhausen, he was like, we still have chances for the promotion. Like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're probably the team that disappointed me most in that race for promotion, um, similar to Hannover 96, of course. Um mm. Don't know about you, Matthew, but about Heidenheim, it's kind of the core, yeah, really curse of the, the relegation side. Um, they always struggle the season after. They do, but, you know, I don't, I think for them to get back to fifth where they are currently is still a pretty good achievement when you consider. The two best players both left at the start of the season. Now, Tim Kleinitz did return on loan um, during the winter transfer, and he's been pretty good. I think he's got six goals already in a, in a short span of time. But, yeah, it, it is always tough when teams make the playoffs, and as we've seen how rare it is, I think only three teams since 2008 have managed to go up through the playoff, and I think... Nuremberg was the first, uh, Union Berlin, and and clearly I've had a bit of a brain fart because I've forgotten who the other team was. But um, 
But yeah, I think I think for them to go fifth, considering that they have one of the smallest budgets in the league, I think they've it's it's a pretty good accomplishment, and it also speaks a lot to the way Frank Schmidt goes about things as a manager to get them into a position where they're you know they're only four points off Kiel, so you know with eight matches to go, they still have a chance, but you know it's it's unlikely that the top four will be deserved. Good stuff, um, and so. That's a good little overview of obviously the kind of main teams that are in the mix uh, to get promoted into the Bundesliga for next season. So um, in order to obviously kind of display a bit more about the league and try to get more of an idea of the league itself for everyone that's watching, um, if they don't know the Spy Bundesliga as well, um, a question to you both really about how, how hard exactly is it to get out of this league uh, in order to be promoted to the Bundesliga. Obviously, we, we've already, as a kind of case study, we've already kind of mentioned the Hamburg situation. So, obviously, I pose it to either one of you, maybe kind of just to chat us through a little bit about how competitive that division really is. Well, so I can say it from a point of view as a Bielefeld fan, um, for example. Um, I mean, that last season was crazy, going up with like 10 points uh, difference to, to VfB Stuttgart, obviously. But um, that's what we see at the league for now as well. So most of the time, it's uh, it's a team that has stability in, in the team, in the club in general, which we have at Bochum at the moment as well. They have been in the Zweite Bundesliga for quite some time. Um, they have a very good team just from the inside out. So you have the feeling that they work together very well. You didn't have that feeling at Hamburg, for example. Um, you had the same with Union. They didn't go up directly, but that had a bit to do with the teams they were going up against, obviously. Um that's why it's very difficult to actually predict why teams don't go up. I mean, uh, we've seen Nuremberg, they struggle. We've seen Hannover. They do have the financials, for example, to really build a squad that can do it. But that's most of the time, it it's not the main character you need. Bielefeld being an example, Bochum being a, an example this season. Um so, yeah, for me, it's mainly that you really need a good structure, that you need someone that understands the league, that you have a good mixture of experienced players, young players, and then you can do it. But you also need the other teams to screw it up from time to time, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. But I don't know how you see it, Matthew. Yeah, it's extraordinarily hard. I think out of all the leagues you'd probably compare it. It's more very comparable to the championship in England is that teams who go down don't automatically um, find their way back to the top unless you're Norwich, who just yo-yo their way between the two divisions. Um, so I think the biggest mistake a lot of teams make is that assumption that they go down and, well, we've got the individual quality if it stays. You know, we've got the finances to bring in the best players from that from the side of Bundesliga it'll be a cakewalk, we'll walk straight through it. But as Hamburg have seen the last three years, uh, it's anything but a cakewalk. And when you don't have that sort of stability or a manager that you fully trust, um, what happens is is you get what Hamburg have had the last three years, you get what Nuremberg are going through the last couple of years where, you know, Nuremberg were, what, 30 seconds away from being a Drisselliga side last season or, you know, Hamburg <laughs> at the... <laughs> Sorry to mention it, but at the at the uh, at the end of at the end of the last two campaigns for Hamburg, they fell at the final hurdle. You can remember the the Hannes Wolf situation, who's now the manager of Leverkusen, um, where he came in, they beat St. Pauli in the derby, and then they completely fell off a cliff and they only won one game, and that was match day thirty four against Duisburg, who were already relegated. So you know, it speaks volumes to how difficult it is and that teams that you don't expect immediately to go up because, you know, they might not have the finances or the individual quality, but because they're all well-rounded team with a manager who understands what is required in the league, um, those teams find their way up and likes of Hanover and Fortuna are finding this year, um, you know, they haven't been able to have things their own way. 
Yeah, and that kind of leads us nicely into FC Nuremberg now. So obviously, as a Nuremberg fan, I wanted to take this opportunity to ask you a few questions about their club, as they're known as. I mean, it's been two disastrous years, actually three disastrous years as a uh, for the club. You know, I mean, I've been a fan for about four years of the club. No, about three years. And actually, in the, f- the first half year, they got promoted to the Bundesliga. So, I mean, that was just an amazing time. I thought it's great being a Nuremberg fan, you know, at that time. But then, obviously, since then, we had that disastrous year in the Bundesliga where we only won three games, you know. So then I started to realise how tough it was. And then, I mean, last year was just a complete and utter disaster, you know. But I just wanted to know what you guys kind of make of what's going on at Nuremberg, because obviously the fans here in the city are not happy at all, you know. They're not happy with the club. They just can't understand what's going wrong. So I'll start with you, Ava. What is going wrong at Nuremberg? Well, I do think you can compare it to a bit to the whole Kaiserslautern situation, for example, or 86C as well. So you have a club with a huge traditional fan base, a huge traditional club as well. Um, but at some stage, something went, went really, really wrong, wrong. And as soon as they got promoted, they thought, okay, we kind of like went to rehab, we're back now and kind of forgot about how difficult it is to be a promoted side in the Bundesliga, which we've seen like mm. forever now. Um and then yeah, the, you had the feeling that the club, the club officials had very wrong thoughts about how this this Liga is going to be, which I do find a bit irritating because they just came from there. So it's not like I don't know mm. HSV never been in the Zweite Bundesliga before, or I don't know, maybe even Chaika if they're going down, or Hertha. So, sorry, Matthew. <laughs> um, it's different from there, but they actually know how the Zweite Liga works. So I was a bit surprised. And when they went down, you, I mean, you had a couple of players that just really disappointed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Likes of Nikola Dovodan. I mean, um, fans from the Zweite Bundesliga. <laughs> did expect a lot more of him. I mean, they, they this season they're very unlucky with um, the injury of Robin Huck, for example. Yeah. Um, I do think Manuel Schaeffler isn't working the way they've expected him to be. So they need players like, um, yeah, young players to step up. I did really like the signing of Mats Maladeli on loan. Yeah, um, yeah. I do think you can already see what impact he can have on the on the team because he's like just really bringing some creativity. Um, and also goalkeeping, I'm still not sure Christian Martinia is the right choice for a goalkeeper. Mm. Um, does make a lot of mistakes. Don't want to, I don't know, butcher him or anything. But at this stage, we have a number of goalkeepers and I'm quite sure Nuremberg has still the reputation in German football to get a better goalkeeper than Christian Montaigne. Yeah, I I remember there was one game, I was actually at the game in the Bundesliga and they played against Borussia Dortmund and I think he made about 12 or 13 saves in that game and after that game he was seen as like a god amongst the Nuremberg fans but I don't think he's had a good game since then, to be honest with you, you know. (laughs) Like he's, uh, yeah, he's made a lot of mistakes and it's been disastrous since, yeah. And uh, Matthew, I just want to ask you, obviously with Klaus coming in from, uh, as a coach from a, RB Leipzig, there was a lot of kind of hope that the club were going to start developing a lot of young players. I mean, have any of the young players at the club caught your eye? Obviously, I mean, Fabian Nuremberg, uh, Handwerk, uh, like those players are quite highly rated amongst the fans, but who's impressed you? I, I think Han, I think uh, Nuremberger has to be the one. I mean, it's such a weird one because he's played in so many different positions already. You know, you've yeah. seen him at left back, we've seen him at left mid, he's played centre mid. You know, that con- lack of continuity is not I mean, it's good for a player to have such a diverse range of, you know, flexibility tactically. But the problem with that being is that he doesn't really have a defined role. He's more of a, you know, a plug-in player. Um, I I was interested to see how Shurinov was going to go and maybe he's their striker of the future. I mean, he was very impressive in the derby on the weekend. I thought, you know, his movement off the ball and and you watch the goal that he scored 
And a lot of that was created from his off-the-ball movement, really lulling the defence into opening the space up. And, I mean, there's a saying in Australia, I mean, he had the, the length of the Flemington straight to, to work <laughs> with. Um, and then he coolly finished past Sasha Boygut. So I think Shurinov is the one for me that, you know, can really make an impact. And I know that there have been some Nuremberg fans calling for him to start over Nikola Dovidan. Um, and I think really, as we, we've seen in the few games he's appeared, um, you know, the the warrant for him to get in the starting 11 has been justified. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so just, just a couple more quick questions then on regards to the title race. We'll just quickly flip back to it. And then what we always love to do is we love to put our guests on the spot. So we'll do a few predictions as well with regards to who's going up. Uh, we'll go around the, go around the table uh, in a little while. But first, just... One question I'll quickly fire at you, Matthew, then I'll go to Ava on a slightly different one. Um, with regards to, regardless of who goes up, uh, if we t count these top four as obviously the main teams in, in the title race, how well equipped would you say that any of any of the four are to, to survive in the Bundesliga? Do do they have a good setup, as we've mentioned with Volkham, <clears throat> or could it be a, you know, a, you know, a disaster season for any one of those four teams if they were to go up? I think the tough I think the tough question about it is that you know you look at a team like Borkham who have showed stability throughout the season, but it's exactly what Bielefeld had last season and we saw them go up. And I guess the problem is once they go up, they're still crippled by the finances the, or the lack thereof in mm -hmm. comparison to the rest of the uh, the teams in the Bundesliga. So it's really difficult. Because there's a lot of sink or swim. You look at Stuttgart this season, who you know have far more financial capabilities than Armenia, Bielefeld, and you know they've been able to make it work. And unfortunately for Bielefeld, why they were a much better survivor Bundesliga side throughout last season, it has been very difficult to bring in players to strengthen the squad. You know, a number of their signings just haven't worked at all. And, and you have a situation where they're fighting the drop. And, and I think if Borkham were to go up, they would probably face the same. I think mm -hmm. Hamburg, Hamburg would, for mine anyway, would be in that similar bottom five if they were to get promoted. I don't, I don't really think there is a team at the moment that is well-equipped to make a run at survival if they were to get promoted. I think it's, it's, it's really tight either way. Um, there'd have to be some, you know, I think you're going to have the usual suspects like Bremen... Augsburg, who are just going to be there, you know, maybe Union Berlin next season as well. Um, you know, there'll be a number of teams in that Bundesliga that will be in the mix for that relegation, those relegation players places. But I would suggest that the two or three Spider Bundesliga clubs that go up will find it difficult. Very good. And um, that again perfectly leads us on to the next question, actually. And I'll, I'll throw it over to Ava. Um, and we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier with regards to the actual playoff match itself and the well, the, the lack of success that Spy Bundesliga teams have had in this particular um, playoff match, obviously, it was the two-legged affair where the winner over aggregate will, will either be promoted or will be saved in the case of the Bundesliga side. So, Ava, again, similar question to what I just asked uh, Matthew. What, what do you think the chances are of us seeing a, a Spy Bundesliga side win the, uh, the playoff place or match the, this season uh, again with regards to whoever it may be in that third spot <laughs> difficult question because <laughs> the last two years uh, the winner was the team that has scored more away goals because mm. we didn't actually have winners in both yeah. legs uh, neither in Stuttgart uh, versus Union um, than in um, Bremen against Heinheim. Um, so first of all, that's a stupid rule. <laughs> just to <laughs> just say that here. Um, I do find it kind of difficult because, um, well, if you take HSV, for example, they have relegation experience, but always from the other side, obviously. Um, I do think that a team like Kiel could do it, could, like a really, really big could, because they have been struggling after they played in the relegation before um, in that playoff game. Um, I do find it kind of difficult because it always depends on who is the Bundesliga side. If it's, for example, going to be Mainz or Arminia Bielefeld, um, huge different than, for example, Hertha BSC, 
Um, yeah. Just a huge difference, just team-wise. Um, I mean, just compare teams like Hertha BSC to to Kiel to Fürth. That is just from individual quality. Yeah, just a huge gap. And although they don't put it on the pitch or bring it on the pitch every week, you can see it from time to time. And if you don't, you just know that in those playoff games. I mean. Jimek knows <laughs> um, if you don't bring it on the pitch um, all the time or or asking Ingolstadt against VNB Spine. I mean, if you're not there just for a couple of seconds, you can lose it. Um, no matter. I mean, I, I know that from being a Bielefeld fan again, <laughs> greetings going out to Darmstadt uh, 98. Um, it's really about putting up to good enough matches it's not enough to only have one good match and so mm -hmm. I do find it difficult because we have a couple of good teams in the Zweite Bundesliga but it's really dependent on who is going to be the side they play against and I would always say okay if it's that team then I would say that team has the best mm -hmm. chances for me very difficult to actually predict Yeah, very much so. I think you're, you're exactly right in the fact that it will be very different depending on which teams are, are in that particular playoff place. But we don't have a clue because obviously the title race and the relegation race in each respective league is very much on. Uh, and speaking of which, so we love, as I mentioned, to put people on the spot where on the show, whether it's whether that where their team will finish um, or what might happen in a title race. So we'll just go around. Uh, I'll start off and then we'll go to Ava, Matthew and Mark and we'll say who we think will come in the top three. Um, so I'll kick us off and I, I'll say that Hamburg will, uh, will end up as league winners um, and be joined by Bochum in second place. And I reckon Kiel will, uh, will grab that playoff place in third place, so meaning third will miss out. Uh, so over to Ava, what do you reckon? I do think Bochum will hold on, um, just from not having that much pressure as HSV. I do think HSV will go up this year as second Third place, very difficult for me, but I think, similar to you, it's going to be key. Matthew? Yeah, I've got the same as, as Eva. Um, I think, you know, Borkham, very reminiscent of what Bielefeld did last season, although Bielefeld, you know, absolutely smashed the league. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Borkham, you know, have, have a more <clears throat> well-rounded side of Bundesliga side. Um But, of course, Hamburg have Simon Sarada. So, I mean, you know, he hasn't scored for a while. So, I mean, they they uh, they might want to get him going as well. Uh, but I think it'll be them and then Kiel for um for the first time since they played Wolfsburg a few years ago. Um, I think they'll be in the playoffs. Stuff. Mark? Yeah, I'm going to go for... I agree with you guys at Bochum. I think they're the best side in the league this year. I do think they'll be the champions. And I'm actually going to go for Holstein Kiel as second spot. I think that uh, I think we're going to have another bottle job from Hamburg this year. But I do think <laughs> Hamburg will get third place. And I think um, I'm going to go for a, a famous Bielefeld versus Hamburg playoff relegation playoff match. Heard it here first. Bielefeld to win in the last minute. You know. <laughs> 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 Love yeah. it. Good stuff. Well, we'll have to look back at this and see who, who got it right and who didn't. Um, so briefly moving on then, um, onto a slightly different subject. We're still talking, of course, Spy Bundesliga. Um, I'm going to ask, obviously, Matthew and Neighbour yourself, just as a question with regards to um, some players to look out for. So um, I'll throw the question over to Ava first and maybe just to pick out one or two players that uh, we in the Bundesliga might well be seeing next season, whether they come up uh, promoted with their side or whether... Um, so maybe one one player to pick out from a team that looks like they might get promoted and then maybe someone from outside of that top four that is maybe attracting interest from elsewhere. So do you want to just maybe touch on a few players, Ava, that have, have caught the eye and that we might see in the Bundesliga next season? Well, I mean, Matthew mentioned him before, but for me, it's definitely Robert Jewell. Um, he's a fantastic player. He is one of the cause of um, Bochum. You can see it in games where the opponents manage to take him out. 
um, that Bochum isn't really able to do anything, just rewatch the game against our, for example, where our really managed to take Joel out of the game, don't really let him getting the ball, then Bochum is kind of lost up front. Um, I mean, he, he has been at Hoffenheim, for example. Um, he We know that he can be Bundesliga quality, whether it's going to be with Bochum or with any other Bundesliga side. I do think that, especially in the mix of teams like Augsburg, for example, uh, but also Union Berlin, they're going to look out for players like him because he, he does definitely does have the quality around teams that not may not potentially going up. I mean, it's hard to look past Robin Huck, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, he has been a very good player. He wanted to leave the club at some stage, stayed at Nuremberg. <laughs> but just from, I mean, you don't have a lot of players playing in the lower side of the Zweite Bundesliga that are being picked for, for the national team or even if it's the U21 national team. So I do think that he will be a player to look out for. He, he might make the change to Bundesliga side to go on loan again. Uh, we've seen that a couple of times in the Bundesliga. But yeah, I do think uh, his injury will at least at some stage um, let him go. I do think we'll see him at, at the Bundesliga at some stage. Good stuff. Uh, Matthew, yeah, same question. Uh, any any other players to have a uh, look out for for next season? Or for me, I think the obvious one is, is Lee Jae Sung, the uh, South Korean international at Holstein Kiel, really had three fantastic seasons with Kiel out of contract at the... Well, he, he wants to leave anyway. He wants the opportunity to play in the Bundesliga. Uh, there was a period where it thought it was going to be Hoffenheim, which would have been <clears throat> bitterly disappointing. Um, to see him go to, to there, I think he's. It just would be disappointing, I think. Um, but he, yeah, he's got great individual quality on the ball. He can play in a number of positions. We've seen him play as a false nine under when he was at, when Andre Schubert was in charge. Same with uh, Tim Walters, used him there. Uh, less so um, under Oli Werner. Brings a lot to the table. He mightn't have the goals uh, to his name as he has as he has in previous seasons. But, you know, what what teams would be getting in the Bundesliga is someone who can, you know, be a a real plus on the offensive end, you know, and, and I think he's someone a, a number of Bundesliga teams will be looking at. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I think if Kiel were to go up, that may keep him there. But mm -hmm. if they don't, he's definitely on the move. Players that – a player who isn't, <clears throat> excuse me, on a team that is promoted who could mm, – be one to watch out for. I'd say Erzgebirge Auer's Florian Kruger. I mean, he was a Schalke Academy player, been at Auer for a couple of years now, has 11 goals this season, <clears throat> playing under Dirk Schuster, which is quite an accomplishment considering, you know, his typical brand of football is quite defensive. Um, he's recently been with the U21 squad. He's very, very impressive. He's quick, very decisive. He he's, has great movements off the ball. Um, and as he's shown this season, he's very deadly in front of goals. So, I mean, that's, um, I think he would be, a, I think a lower Bundesliga side would, would certainly be taking note of the the impact he's been having at our the last couple of seasons. Good stuff. Very interesting. So uh, our final little segment on this special episode is, is now going to be actually focusing on the Bundesliga sides are involved in a relegation race that may well find themselves in by Bundesliga next season. And almost like we've planned it, Matthew and Ava happen to have a bit of a vested interest in this because Matthew is a Schalke fan and Ava is an Armenia Bielefeld fan. So I think it's quite safe that we can go over to Matthew and, uh, yeah, we'll just get your thoughts on how... Uh, with the rather inevitable-looking impending relegation that's going to happen at the club, how well-equipped would you say that your club are going to be uh, with regards to next season in five <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't really. I, th I think. I think the the, the probably the the interesting thing with Schalke is who that who's even going to be in the squad next season. 
Um, because I'm I'm expecting massive yard sale type situation where a bunch of players are going to be on the move. Young players who have any sort of uh, financial value um, to equip the club with the, with the financial loss it's had over the, the the past few seasons. You know the the talk of the debt of you know over two hundred million euros. You know the team has to come up with the money somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you look at say Matthew Hoppy who you know infamously scored that hat-trick against Hoffenheim. God bless the man. Uh, I mean, he's probably someone who has a lot of value and there's going to be a team out there that would be willing to shell out on his potential. Um, so, you know, you see Weston McKenney's off, is going to be staying at Juventus. We're going to get the money for that. But ultimately, it really depends on who who's there um, come the start of the season. There are probably a number of players that I'd hope that Schalke would make a run out that are in the Spider Bundesliga. Um, the likes of Genki Haraguchi, who's going to be on a free, uh, as it doesn't look like Hanover have offered him a deal that will want him that that will keep him at the club. Uh, Florian Kruger would be another one to bring back. They've already signed Danny Latzer, yeah, current captain of Mainz. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it, it's a really weird situation where there is so much uncertainty with what the team will look like. I don't expect the first season to be a particularly kind one for Schalke. It'll be one of learning, you know, will Demetrius Grimotzis even be there? I mean, you know, it's not really his fault that he's been catapulted into a situation where the team is an absolute dumpster fire and he's expected to somehow come out with some sort of miracle. I mean, you could put Pep Guardiola in, in that Schalke team as, as a manager, give him Lionel Messi and they're still not winning games. It's just, <laughs> it's just not possible. So, you know, ultimately I think, as it stands at the moment, no, I think they're they're in danger of being a mid tier side in in the Spider Bundesliga, um, and that's the facts. So just you know, it's gonna make it'll take you know realistically it will take a couple of years for it to get going. But what you don't want to happen is for it to become like Hamburg, um, and it takes two or three you know three to four years, and you're like. I'm not entirely sure this is going to happen anymore and we're just going to be a spider Bundesliga t- side and then peter out. So mm-hmm. a lot needs to happen. They, they announced uh, Peter Knabel as the sports and communication manager today, um, which was a very vanilla signing. Just as long as he's not allowed to take any sort of documentation outside of the Melton's arena, we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, sorry, um, go, going over to Ava. Slightly more optimistic outlook then on on your side, Ava. Um, uh, there's obviously been a bit of a resurgence that we've seen from Mines. Um, ultimately, me and Mark almost ripped my, wrote Mines off uh, about a month or two ago, actually, because their form was quite quite poor, and they've they've obviously charged up the league. And now we've got a four or five team kind of a fight now um, for those remaining two spots. Um, so how how do you feel about your side in terms of their chances to stay up? And then if they were to go down, how do you think they'd uh, recover? Yeah, interesting question concerning especially the upcoming match day because um, there will be the match between Mainz and Bielefeld. So massive, massive game for both sides, um, especially for Bielefeld, who have been, as we say, Germany above the line um, after their win against Leverkusen and then they lost against Leipzig and it didn't look that bad because they played Friday night but from each game you went on and went on, it got really, really horrible. I mean, it looked like every game, every opponent was playing against them. Mainz won against Hoffenheim. Hertha won against Leverkusen, obviously. So they ended up in 17th place. Um, so that doesn't look very good. So they obviously need a win on the weekend. I mean, what we've seen throughout the season, that Bielefeld is actually quite good or is, yeah, manages to pick up points against mm-hmm. teams that are in this low mix, except Köln for the 3-1 defeat. So... They have good chances, but they do really need to win it. Um, I think it's going to be like really um, point like where it's where the rest of the season is going because um, the interesting thing is that Mainz has a couple of tougher opponents to play until the end of the season yeah. compared to Bielefeld to play 
Teams like Augsburg, Freiburg, um, mm -hmm. basically Schalke. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 as well as Hertha and Hoffenheim. So all teams that are lower in the league. I mean, we played all of the top teams until yeah. now. Um, so just table-wise, it seems to be a bit easier from Bielefeld from now on, although we've seen Mainz picking up points against sides like um, like RB Leipzig, but also not playing a really bad game against um, against Bayern Munich, at, at least for the first 45 minutes. So it's mm -hmm. really, really tough. Um, I do. I have to say, I do like what Bo Svensson did with them, that Mainzner from side. Um, you can really see that the whole... You're really fun at playing return to that team. I mean, Achim Bayerlotz really destroyed that at some stage. Um, you could see that that especially Lichter as well as when Svensson rebuilt that. Um, yeah, and Mainz has his experience. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Mainz has much more experience playing that position in the Bundesliga than Bielefeld has. I mean, it has been 11 years since we've been the side in the in the Bundesliga. Most over time, our concerns were more, more about if we go to say in the Zweite Liga and not going down to the Dritte Liga again. Um, <laughs> so we do have experience in relegation. That's not it, but not in the Bundesliga and especially with not having fans. I know that sounds always like a very easy excuse, but especially for a team like Bielefeld, fans do play huge, huge impact. Um, we've seen that before and that's just personally, of course, very, very sad not being able to, I mean, celebrate the, the promotion with them, but of course, getting them through this whole Bundesliga year, it it would have made a difference from time to time. And of course, money is a problem here as well. Um, they We have, I mean, we have been struggling before. Um, we do struggle now again because nobody really expected empty stadiums for so long. I think the general um, yeah, advice was planning 50% without um, home fans. Yeah, obviously that's not going to happen until the end of the season. So yeah, it's it's very difficult at this stage. I'm just going to be happy if we don't get relegated as Paderborn, for example, last season. Like just always playing well, and at the end of the game, coaches always saying, "Well, they they do play good football, but they <laughs> like, they went down anyway." So. Very tough. Um, we do rely on other teams screwing it up as well, basically. Okay, so just before we finish, let's uh, close on some predictions for the Bundesliga relegation fight. So I think uh, I will start. Okay, so let's start with the bottom two and then the third from bottom relegation playoff place as well. So I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Matthew, but I've got to say Schalke are going to go down. Uh -huh. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say FC Cologne as well. I think Cologne will go down this year. And then I'm going to say for the third bottom in the relegation spot, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Ava, but Bielefeld. But I am going to predict that Bielefeld will win the playoff. I've just got a feeling for you guys, you know. So over to Matthew. Oh. <laughs> yeah, over to Matthew. What do you think? Well, we're basically already in mid-table in the Spider Bundesliga. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, at this stage, we, we could just put the queue in the rack and call it a season um, and start preparing for next season. So, yeah, we're, we'll be bottom. Uh, Schalke will be bottom. And then I, I agree. I think Köln are just terrible. They are really bad under Marcus Gistol, and I'm amazed they haven't ripped the band-aid yet where so many teams around them have done so. Hertha have done it. Bielefeld did it. Mainz did it, but Köln, for, for whatever reason, have st stuck with Gistol and I think every other team around them, minus, of course, Schalke, who are well and truly out of the race, I'm just grateful that Köln have stuck with Gistol. Um, so so I think I think Köln are on a one-way ticket back to the Spider Bundesliga. Um, I would love to see Hertha in the, in the relegation playoff spot, uh, because they're not the number one, they're not the big city club they claim to be. Um, 
that's obviously Tasmania. So just just in case anyone <laughs> has forgotten, um, but um, I, I think I think realistically, it's probably going to be Bielefeld. Yeah, and Eva. Yeah, so Schalke, obviously. Sorry, <laughs> not even playing Nostradamus here, um, but. Yeah, glad you're also optimistic. I would love to be as optimistic as you, but actually going to think Bielefeld is going to be 17th. Uh, we're going to see Köln picking up the relegation spot. Um, don't know why. Don't ask me why. I just have the feeling. Um, do you think Mainz will stay in the league similar to, to Hertha? There will be some kind of, I don't know, how he vibes at some stage and uh, the ghost of young Cleansman returns in some way. Um <laughs> don't know, just have the feeling they're going to stay up. Um we will see. We will be a, a bit smarter in a couple of weeks. But yeah, that's at, at this point, that's my prediction. Yeah, and Rory finally. Mm, right. Well, as much as I don't always like to agree with my co-host. I'm, I must admit, Mar Mark's predictions are talking to me a little bit. So yeah, Sch Schalke, and I think um, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be Köln and and then in that third playoff place, Armenia. I think um, and yeah, I, I think that Armenia certainly um, it will be close because I do like the looks of Bielefeld's last last. Um, run of fixtures it they have been going through a very tough run of fixtures me and mark have touched on that loads actually um so it will be close but i do think mines will just scrape scrape out of it but yeah bielefeld to win the playoff of course okay so yeah so that pretty much uh brings to an end our fighter bundesliga special so just as usual i'm just going to close by saying remember guys to our regular viewers to check out our Twitter account at Over the Bar FB, so you can see anything football related on there. We also do a League One show, which I also take part in, so you've got to watch that as well. And also, yeah, or any uh, Rory writes a lot of articles about the Bundesliga. Yeah, anything football related. And also remember to check out our main website, which is otbfootball.net, which is like the kind of centerpiece of our work. Okay, so thank you very, very much to Matthew and Ava. You were fantastic guests. It's been a pleasure to discuss this fight of Bundesliga with you. Thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you Appreciate both. it.